1: Everyone and welcome to Midday's Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm your host Gerard Gibbert, along with Rhino in the Element Well Studio, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music as we launch a brand new week on Midday's, and it is a Thanksgiving week. Rhino, how about it? Howdy, howdy. Well, did you have a good weekend? I did. I. Uh... Tried to screw up my sleep schedule watching
0: the Las Vegas Grand Prix, but managed to get it back halfway on kilter for this morning.
1: Yeah. Uh, you were showing me the video last week of some issues with the manhole covers oh, there yeah. on the track, on the course.
0: Yeah, the cars are so good at what they do, they were sucking drain covers out of the ground <laughs> during the first practice. But, yeah, that was... That was one of the better races of the year, even though the same guy, Max Verstappen, won his like 18th race of the season.
1: Yeah. Well, it uh, looked like it was pretty well attended, too. The race was. The, yeah.
0: the qualifying and the practices and stuff, I don't think they really had very much turnout in the grandstands. But, yeah, the, the race was pretty packed.
1: Well, my Journey boys were certainly promoting uh, their performance up there uh, high atop the crowd. That's pretty cool. Really enjoyed that. It's Thanksgiving week, and that means that Joe Biden is uh, engaged today in the traditional pardon of Thanksgiving, or some Thanksgiving turkeys, before he travels to Nantucket for the holiday. One thing the press is honestly trying to kind of downplay is that the the president turns 81 today. This is his uh, birthday. The They're not wanting to say a lot, and that's because he's just looking a little more frail of late. Certainly, I felt like he was exposed in his meeting with Xi Jinping in uh, California. Hey, didn't you notice how they tidied the place up there out in San Francisco? Looked totally different than it did a short week prior, which tells you oh, you really could clean it up if you cared about it. It's such a joke. Well, he's, um, his poll numbers are down. Even NBC News is showing polls that uh, place former President Trump in a popular vote, according to their polls, at 46 percent versus Joe Biden's 44 in the six swing states, which is really where The presidency is won or lost lost because of um, the Electoral College structure of how we elect a president. President Trump leads Joe Biden in five of those six swing states. That is notable for sure. Now, many pundits do not believe Joe Biden will ultimately be the nominee for the Democrats. I personally think that they're secretly trying to hint around, (laughs) secretly as in the news is not reporting this, so it's kind of happening behind closed doors. Uh, Mr. President, maybe you ought to think about just traveling off, riding off into the sunset there. You've had a good run. Let somebody else take a crack at this President thing. But thus far, nothing definitive know, out of that, and the time draws nigh, as they say. I don't know what to expect, but right now, I'd say it's 50-50. He's the nominee. Certainly a lot of folks believe that he will ultimately not be the nominee. I'm not sure if that's good or bad for Donald Trump, who at this point certainly looks to be the eventual nominee. Now, he's got a lot of legal issues he's got to wrestle with, but I'm just not sure. Uh, by the way, I'm looking at some news here across the the uh, the crawler on the screen in the studio. Texas has rejected school choice. You remember a couple of weeks ago we reported Governor Abbott said we're going to get that done, even if that means we call a special session. So I don't know the details right now, but that just came across. That's interesting. All right, give the folks a little update on the weather, please, because that's something we got to pay a little attention to today.
0: Yeah, especially in southwest Mississippi, uh, up into central Mississippi, around the the capital area. But for the most part, if you're in the Magnolia State, you've got a better than 50-50 chance of the wet stuff. And if you go farther south and farther to the west in Mississippi, you have a higher and higher chance of severe weather, mm-hmm. including what they're calling an elevated risk for about the bottom, the southwestern quadrant of Mississippi, if you're looking at it in, in four different corners, with up to what they're reporting now, 70-mile-per-hour winds, hail, and likely tornadoes mm. I believe, the wording
1: they're using. Man. And that's – it's within about a two- to three-hour time period, right, where I think it's really intense. Yeah, along
0: intense. The, the river should be getting some rain now, if not in the next hour or two, and then it's going to move its way across the Magnolia State. But it's really going to get severe from around lunchtime to into the nighttime for anybody east of the the westernmost counties.
1: I'm certainly, no meteorologist, but it it seems. Me a little, either. I'm just
0: repeating what they I, tell I me. I
1: understand, appreciate that. Uh, but you know, the conditions don't seem uh, sort of conducive to that sort of weather. Typically, what you have is warm air. You know that, and and then all of a sudden, the cold front comes in, clashes with it, boom, all hell breaks loose. This we don't have warm air over the area now, so I'm not sure what's going on here. And this is a front approaching from the the uh, northwest. In fact. Has it not dropped lots of precipitation across the Rockies and the uh, the northwestern part of the country? And then I think there's another front that's moving through the northeast, and they're expected to have really terrible weather for the Thanksgiving holiday. I think for us, after this thing moves through, it's kind of moderate, not too bad. Temperatures in the high 50s around yeah. central Mississippi and so forth. Just got to get through today and the night. Yeah. And we're going to be uh, up in Cleveland, Mississippi tomorrow. For the 50 nights of lights. Look forward to that. Doesn't look like it'll be quite as chilly as it was last year. A cold front came through last year, and it was really cold. Looks like it's going to be in the, I guess, high 50s, low 60s, pleasant weather. Looking forward to that. Jake Tapper yesterday on State of the Union over there at CNN, he said, quote, Speaking of Biden's numbers, this was yesterday, tomorrow Biden turns 81. Happy birthday, Joe Biden, if you're watching. Happy birthday, Joe Biden, for turning 81. That's a milestone that is unlikely to quiet the persistent concern within his party about his age. Although you heard Ron DeSantis talk about Donald Trump age this morning. He sure did. He called both of them out. Said they were too old. Now, of course, understand DeSantis is challenging Donald Trump who's the front-runner in the Republican field there for president. He said, America's oldest president. His team says age is just a number. But Obama advisor David Axelrod, he was the engineer, it's fair to say, of much of Obama's policy agenda. He says they need to face reality. I think he has a 50-50 shot here, but no better than that. Maybe a little worse, he says. He told that to... Journalist Maureen Dowd, he thinks he can cheat nature, and it's really risky. They have a real problem if they're counting on Trump to win it for them. I remember Hillary doing that, too, meaning the Democrats have a problem if they think Trump is going to enable them to win it because of uh, Trump's uh, likelihood of not getting the necessary votes in those swing states, which is really what it comes down to, but there are I don't think, acknowledging the polls. So here's the question, right? Now let's say that it's Biden and Trump next year. And Trump wins. Okay? Legitimately, Trump wins. First, you know the Biden camp's going to cry election foul. I just think we're set for that indefinitely. Honestly, season. I
0: don't know if the Biden camp would, but his
1: side would. The Democrats would, yeah. But from the standpoint of those who, who still hold very strongly to the belief that the election was stolen from Donald Trump in 2020, what will they say if he wins? Like, why didn't they steal it this time? It's a serious question. Say it's 2024, Trump wins. Gee, what happened to the Democrats' engineering theft of the election? What, what will be the response there?
0: I imagine they would be of the belief that, well, our side is just so good, we managed to beat them even though they were cheating.
1: Ah, okay. Got it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not buying that. I'm just not. Well, it's time for a break. Led Zeppelin bumping us out of this first segment of Middays. We're in the Element Well studio. It's a Monday at 11.05. Congressman Trent Kelly will call in and give us the scoop from Washington. Stay with us. So, in the last segment, we talked about a recent NBC News poll, which revealed that Donald Trump leads a Joe Biden in a head-to-head, hypothetical head-to-head match, 46-44. Turns out, Republican candidate for president, Nikki Haley, leads President Biden by 10 points nationally among registered voters, and that's according to... To a Marquette Law School poll released last Thursday. You know, they got to be concerned. I, I'd say it's panic, is what it is. You got an incumbent president, and he's upside down like that against two candidates on the Republican side, one of which is trailing the frontrunner significantly. That is a cause for a big old concern there, for sure. So on the ceasefire tax line, Robin Hattiesburg, we were talking about how school choice was rejected in the state of Texas. They removed the school vouchers, which doomed it, is what Robin Hattiesburg. So, Rob, appreciate you sending that in. I did dig into that a little bit. So there's it's a giant education spending bill that the legislature considered it included some school choice provisions which in which uh uh, also provided for education savings accounts, ESAs, they stripped that out of the bill is what happened. So essentially, that dooms school choice. That's the essence of school choice, is um, establishing education savings accounts, which allow families to decide the best education setting for their student and the public money allocated on behalf of the student follows the student to their setting of choice. That's the whole idea behind universal school choice. So they stripped it out and then passed the bill. So that's that's a huge loss for Governor Abbott. Sorry to see that. That, of course, is an issue that has, uh, I guess, been elevated somewhat here in the state of Mississippi. There are school choice advocacy organizations and others who would like to see universal school choice passed in the state of Mississippi. But of course, there are a number of uh, really staunch public school advocates who see it as a threat to the public school status quo. I do not. And I think there's a lot that's misunderstood about what school choice is and how education savings accounts work, and honestly, they can be structured any way the legislature sees fit, that it, that it could pass our legislature and be signed into law by the governor. So it's uh, just imagine kind of a, a, a blank slate, and you're essentially drafting those rules on that blank slate. You can make it be whatever you want. It doesn't have to – there's no uh, sort of – Template. There's no model for it. I mean, there's some general concepts that, of course, are necessary to even have a functioning school choice program. But uh, Florida, for example, doesn't look like Arkansas. For example, doesn't look like Arizona. Those are three states that have really robust school choice programs. You can make it be whatever you want. But sad to see that the Republican-controlled Texas House. Voted down the school choice measure provision in the education spending bill in the great state of Texas. Darren and Jackson says, wonder if they are planning the Trump-Biden debate yet. I don't think Joe Biden debates. I really can't see him doing it. He didn't last time. Now, I know they... China kind of justified that on the basis of the COVID. We can't be around other people, recall, and Joe Biden won by sitting in his basement. I think had he, and he did some Democrat debates, and if you go back and look a short four years ago at his debate performance during those Democratic debates in his behavior now, his public-facing behavior now, it's clear that there's been significant cognitive decline, in my view, since then. And I do think that's that's uh, that's plaguing him in his re-election efforts. And I think that's why Democrats are sort of quietly trying to hint at this point. And it may get to the point where maybe it's Barack Obama that insists, you can't do this, Joe. Maybe he would listen to him. I don't know, honestly. I just... I don't know how to feel about it.
0: I don't even think that would work because, I mean, when Obama was president, he couldn't keep Joe in line as
1: vice president. I mean, nobody can. The guy's a live wire. You don't know what the heck he's going to say. Called Xi Jinping a dictator to his face, essentially, or in the same room where he was president. And Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, I think, was about ready to do a face palm plant, right? <laughs> palm plant. <laughs> Unbelievable. What else did he say, something crazy? Oh, he started to divulge some of the plans to rescue hostages in Israel, and Blinken was over there kind of nodding his head, oh, Mr. President, you're not supposed to tell the world what we're doing here. He just seems to be oblivious to the sensitive nature of, um, of such information. That's not good, not good in my view. You know, it's Thanksgiving, so here's the deal. Do you eat pumpkin pie? Uh, Not if I can help it. Me either. I'm not a big pumpkin pie. I'm not opposed to it, but I'd much rather have sweet potato pie. Okay. Well, Costco says they can't keep them in stock. They're having a huge run on pumpkin pie. And uh, this is an, an item, apparently, that is popular with Costco shoppers but they're finding shortages <laughs> they're finding supply chain constraints of pumpkin pies how weird is that they started appearing in the warehouses at the end of august and they can't keep them in stock wow that is uh that's incredible they sell about 7 million a year of pumpkin pies Interesting. Something else is going on, you may have seen, is that OpenAI's CEO, he bolted, went over to Microsoft to head the same division over there. Microsoft stock rises rather sharply on that news. Basically, what it means is that they get this incredible asset, this brain. He really is the brain trust behind OpenAI. But more striking is the news this morning. You seen this? That about five hundred workers over there at OpenAI says if you don't fire the board and establish a new board, we're going. We're gonna go with Altman, the CEO who left OpenAI over to Microsoft. We're going, we're following him. If you don't get rid of the board. Now, 500, this is not a company with 10,000 employees. 500 is like most of the employees. This isn't a giant, multi-thousand staff company. That's incredible. Uh, as uh, As a shareholder in Microsoft, I was happy to see that news because it did represent a jump in the share price. We'll see. But Microsoft is, I think, really poised to benefit significantly from this AI explosion, perhaps more so than any other company at this point. But that, God, that just landed in their lap. I don't know if that was something being negotiated behind the scenes in advance of this or not. truly is incredible. So yesterday, I caught, A Facebook post by our good friend, Senator Elizabeth Warren. You know, hon, how about having a beer? What did she say? (laughs) How about a beer, hon, whatever the hell that was? She posted, corporate lobbyists are working overtime to extend the Trump tax cuts for giant corporations. The ugly truth, these cuts would help the rich get richer and cost hundreds of billions more than corporations say they would.